Good morning, everyone. How you doing? Man, aren't you glad that you came to church this morning, even though the roads were nasty? Come on now. There are Sunday mornings like this where I sit there and I'm in the worship and I honestly, I just get lost. I don't know if you enjoyed it, but man, I was worshiping my guts out and uh, I uh, was working out this week and I told Kasha, I was like, I'm having a hard time standing up. I did a bunch of squats and everything, but I didn't even notice that when I was in worship. But then all of a sudden I went to sit down and I was like, oh my goodness, I can hardly sit down. It's just, it's crazy uh, when those moments happen like that, but Man, I'm excited because today we're ending our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, some of you are excited because you're like, dude, I can't wait for sundown tonight because some of you are going to jump in to a little bit of something you've been kind of like staying away from. Maybe some of you are like, I'm going all in on some sugar. Someone first gathering told me that they were, they could not wait to bake. They said, I just, they're like, I bake all the time. And they're like, it has been so hard because I haven't been eating that stuff. So I haven't been baking. And I feel like I'm going through withdrawals this past 21 days. And they said, so tonight I'm going to bake up a ton of different things, which is awesome to see someone doing that. Some of you are like, dude, I'm going all in. I'm going to go pizza. And uh, can I just say this? If you've been eating healthy and you go all in with that kind of stuff, you may not feel all that well the next morning. So just, just know that that may be the case. Um, When we started the 21 days of prayer and fasting, God had laid on my heart that he wanted to do something unique in this season in our church. I know it's been a difficult season for many of us coming out of 2020, and then even carrying into 2021, we've seen many of the same challenges still presenting themselves. In fact, tomorrow, restaurants will be opening up for the first time in quite a while, and some of you are like, dude, it couldn't have come at a better time, right? And... uh, Thank you. I I talked to Governor Whitmer and I said, hey, we're coming off a 21-day fast. I said, if you could open up the restaurants, people at Bethany need that, so you're welcome. (laughs) That did not happen. I'm just joking. (laughs) But on the first day of the fast, it was early in the morning. It was Sunday morning. And um, God had begun laying on my heart uh, to just come in and spend some time in prayer, spend some time uh, working on things for the morning. And so I came in at around 3, 3.30 in the morning. And uh, the building, of course, no one was here. And I came in, I went upstairs and was looking at uh, what had been completed throughout the week with uh, the office remodel and things that are happening up there. And so I go up there and I come down and I go to get into the office door and I realize that I don't have my key on me. And so I thought in my mind, it's not that big of a deal for me because normally the side door is always unlocked into the offices. And so I go around to get into the side door, but Sarah had done her job as our new office manager. She had locked up the office. It It was locked up tight. And I was like, oh. So then I go to my office door. That's not opening. And I think in my mind, this is a problem, but I can solve it. Come on now, anyone in the house, like it's a problem, but I know I can solve it. So I go and I look in my wallet to see if there's anything inside of it and I find an old ID card and I begin trying to pick the lock and slide it in the side. I'm trying, I'm getting it, you know, and I'm like, it's going to work and I just couldn't get it to open. So then in my mind, I'm like, well, ah, man, this is frustrating. So I go upstairs and I'm searching through the staff members' offices and I go into Pastor Dan's office. All their offices are unlocked. My office, no. The main offices, no. 
but their offices are unlocked, so I go into Pastor Dan's, and he has all of the master keys, all the keys for the whole church up in his office. So I'm like, this is the jack spot, jack, uh, jackpot. <laughs> sorry. This is the jackpot. And so I'm like, yes, this is fantastic. So I go in there and I, I go to get the keys and I find a few keys. I bring them down thing and they were the ones, but none of them opened it. Now I'm getting pretty mad. I'm getting pretty frustrated at this point in time. So I go snooping through all the kids' offices. I'm looking everywhere and nothing. Come back down. I'm like, maybe my credit card thing can work again. I go back to that. That doesn't open it. I go into the prayer room and I'm like, finally, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to have to work out of the prayer room. Pull my laptop out of my bag. I go to turn it on and it's dead. I'm like, this is, this is horrible. So then I'm like, ah, this is just some, some. So then I go back to the door lock and I'm trying to shove the credit card down in the main office thing and I'm wiggling it, trying to get it, trying to pull on it, you know, to kind of create some space. That thing is tight. It is tight. It's tighter than your wallet. I mean, it's tight. And uh, I notice that the door lock, though, is loose. And I start wiggling it more, and it starts loosening more. And I'm like, oh, man. I start jiggling, and then I am, like, going full force on this hand. I'm, ah, both hands. I mean, ah, I am just shaking it, and I am just, this thing is going to open up. I know it is, and it's moving. It's moving. And I am just, I mean, I am going to town on this thing. And all of a sudden I realized this is not going to work because the bolts in these things, I remember because I had tightened it at one point in time and we had taken off when we were painting it, are super long. And I'm like, there's just no way I'm going to get in. This is just, ah, this is so frustrating. So I go back and I sit down in the prayer room. By this point in time, I'm mad, I'm angry, and I'm sitting there and just like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to have to go home. I should have went home already because 30 minutes had gone by. I had been doing it for an hour, an hour trying to get in. And I sit down on the couch, and the Lord says to me, Brian, yeah, yes, God. He's like, why didn't you ask me? And I'm thinking in my mind, like, ask you what? He's like, why didn't you ask me where the key is? And I'm literally like, there's no key. There is no key. And he says, there is a key. And I'm like, no, there is, there is no key. And he's like, there is a key. He said, the key is in your Volvo. It's a master key. And he said, that master key is sitting right inside of the change uh, spot in the Volvo, and he said, that is the spot where the master key is. And I'm sitting there, in there, I'm frustrated at this point in time, and I'm like, there is no key in there, God. And then I'm sitting there as I'm walking out to the car, and I'm thinking in my mind, I mean, this is going to be a pretty cool story if there is a key in there. And he says, the key is there, and the key is spending time with the master. I go out to the car, and I get in the Volvo, and right inside of the cup holder, or inside of the change thing, is a silver master key to the entire church. And I grab the key and I start crying. And the Lord brings me back to a moment that had happened many years before where he told me the key is to spend time with the master. This past 21 days, that's what we've been doing, is just spending time with the master. You may not fully understand fully why that story is so meaningful to me. And it goes back a little further. A little over six years ago, I was delivering a message at a church that I loved. 
I had pastored it for a little over eight years, and God had been stirring my heart and Kasha's heart that it was time to transition away from the church that we had planned. And in fact, literally just yesterday, I believe, yesterday or the day before, you know how Facebook brings up memories, and you see those memories on there? That message that I had spoke came up on my Facebook. And I was listening to that message and taking it in, and in that message, the Lord was um, speaking through Kasha and I about transition and these things, and we were letting our church know. And we were telling them a story about what had happened to me when I has about six to seven months prior to that had found myself in Colorado. I was in Colorado to speak at an event for CMN, which is Church Multiplication Network. It's a church planning organization that we're a part of, you're a part of. In fact, this last year, hundreds of churches were planted through yours and ours generosity. I'm, t- I'm telling you, like hundreds of churches were planted across the United States in the midst of COVID were planted because of your faithfulness and giving to uh, Church Multiplication Network. And I'm there and I'm speaking at this event. And prior to us leaving, a good friend of mine, Pastor Terry Broadwater, who pastored a church called Grace Community Church in Denver, Colorado, passed away unexpectedly on a missions trip. He was in Tibet and they were going from village to village. And as one of the moments where they were going to another village, he was walking along a trail and he came upon these bulls with his worship pastor, actually. His worship pastor said they seemed a little spooked and everything. He goes, I don't know how to get around him. Terry's this outdoors kind of guy. And he's like, <coughs> excuse me, he says, we'll just walk by him. As Terry goes to walk by those bulls, one of the bulls charges him, throws him up in the air with his horns up in the air and throws him off the cliff and he falls 200 feet to his death and dies instantly. They had to end up carrying his body off of the mountain through the streets of Tibet on top of a taxi cab. I mean, just crazy, the story there. And it wrecked me. It was prior to the week of me getting there. And Kasha and I had already been feeling a stirring in our heart. And I had wrestled with the Lord because I was feeling like the Lord was maybe calling me away from journey. And what was crazy about that is, is I told the Lord, I said, God, everything's good. Guys don't leave when things are good. They leave when things aren't good. That's when they leave. They don't leave when things are good. Like, that doesn't make sense. And the Lord was like, that's because they're not doing it my way. Why would I not want someone to leave in a healthy way so that the church could continue going? The church has never been dependent upon the pastor. So healthy transition is what I'm wanting. And so here we are in this moment, and I'm feeling the stirring, and so I go out, and I'm praying, and it's Colorado, and it's beautiful, and Denver area, and I remember we were staying at this hotel, and there was a Home Depot, and then there was this row of restaurants on the outside of it, and it was a dead-end road, and it was early in the morning, I'm out there praying. And as I'm out there praying, I'm just walking and talking with the Lord, and saying, God, I don't understand what you're stirring in my heart, but I know you're stirring something, and I just don't know what that is. And the Lord says, do you want to know the key in this season, Brian? And I'm like, absolutely, I want to know the key. And he says, well, Brian, the key is, is to spend time with the master. And he says, look down. And I look down on the ground, and as I look down on the ground, there is a literal key, this key right here. This literal key is on the ground right here, and I reach down to pick it up, and I can't do that right now because I'm working out. But I literally reach down to pick it up, and, and as I pick it up, it's this old, like, I mean, just, it doesn't even, I wish you could see it. I don't know if we have a picture of it. Can you put a picture up there? There we go. 
right there. That's the key right there. You can see how beat up it is and everything. You can't see it on this picture, but it says the word master on it. And the minute I pull it up, the Lord says, the key in this next season, Brian, is to spend time with the master. I take the key and I say, that was a really cool moment. I come back and immediately my brain begins putting everything together. And I'm like, this must mean that the Lord is calling us to Colorado. Because this key and that moment, it must be that God's calling us to Denver, Colorado. That's got to be it. And so we walk through a process because I was feeling like God was stirring my heart to pastor that church that my friend Terry, who had passed away at, was pastoring. I literally went to that church on Sunday. I cried the entire gathering, had incredible moments with the Lord. I came back. I told Kasha, I'm pretty for sure this is it. I think this is where God's calling us. We begin praying. We begin fasting. As time goes on, the process goes on, um, God shut that door. I struggled with it in the beginning and in many ways almost depressed because I thought I knew for sure that the key was God was opening this door, but the Lord had not spoke that to me. He had spoke, the key is spending time with the master. In fact, he had given me a word picture. He talks to me a lot in word pictures, and the word picture was this. He said, green light journey, the church that we had planted like transitioning away, yellow light grace. In my mind, that was just meaning be patient because it would turn green eventually. But my dad so gently reminded me later when that door closed, he said, Brian, what follows a yellow light? It's a red light. And the Lord was telling you to wait and to be patient, but there was a red light. So immediately I started thinking, well, that must mean we're supposed to plant a church. So I had this moment and I'm preaching and literally I'm preaching that message not knowing, well, knowing that they had not opened that door for us to go there. So I'm like, we're going to plant a church. That's what we're going to do. Kasha, we're going to do Journey to Denver. They actually named our going away thing Journey to Denver. We were excited about Denver. So Kasha and I go. We fly out to, well, we drive out to Denver. And uh, we get out in Denver and we're spending time there and we're meeting and I've got these visions of how we're going to do this and church plan is going to look different and man, we're going to like do this community center and there's all these things the Lord's birthing into me. I'm like so pumped about it, so excited about it and Kasha and I get into one of the biggest fights of our life and she's like, I'm not doing this with you. I'm like, I'm not doing this with you and we are at each other and we know that this is not right. We come back, and I'm devastated. We come back, I help with a bunch of other projects, help the national office actually rewrite all the church planning curriculum. So God did some amazing things, helped a lot of churches with coaching, and put myself in this holding pattern. The whole time, we come back, and we're living in my parents' house. We had sold our house, which was a miracle in there, and God had done that, but sold our house, had no place to go, so we start living with my parents' My kids are in the living room of my parents' two-bedroom house, and inside of the living room to make them some privacy, Jordan, we pulled the couch out from the wall so Jordan could put her bed, her twin-size bed, behind the couch and have at least a little bit of privacy while she was doing her schoolwork. Josiah and Gabe slept in there, and Kasha and I slept in the other room, and then my parents are right there. That was multiple months. During that time, I was questioning And saying, God, I just don't understand what you're doing because this isn't what the plan was. This wasn't how I planned things. And the Lord spoke to me in those moments and said, Brian, it's not about your plans, it's about my plans. 
It put us in a place, though, fast forward, the end of September, this church was rocked as there was a moral failure with the pastor and the church was devastated as they began walking through that. And all of a sudden, here I am, not having a place to go and asking the Lord, God, are you stirring my heart to Adrian? There's so much more to that story that unpacks and unfolds in there, but for sake of time, the Lord put Kasha and I in a holding pattern to where we would consider Adrian. And honestly, I believe that. Because if we had been pastoring Journey in Lansing, I would have immediately in my mind said, that really stinks for that church, that they're having to walk through that, but we're only an hour and a half away. It doesn't make sense that I would leave the church we planted to move to Adrian an hour and a half away. My brain would have said no, and I would have been completely closed off to the Lord actually doing that. But yet the Lord used a series of events to put Kashai in a place to where we could answer yes to the call and be here at Bethany here in Adrian. And I'm excited. I'm excited because here's what I know. The past five years has been painful. And I know that in the midst of pain is where actually growth actually happens. Think about it. When you're working out, in the midst of the pain is where the growth is happening. Come on, think about it. The things that you have to work for are the things that actually matter. The things that come easy aren't the things that matter. It's like, what does it mean to work for something? And I recognize this morning as I was preaching first gathering that I've been waiting five years, but some of you, you've been waiting 10 and 12 and 13 years. And it's been pain as you've been walking through a process. But here's what I want to declare to you. I believe God has a word for us today. And I believe that in this midst of this 21 days in prayer and fasting, that God has strategically placed a word on the hearts of not just me, but the hearts of our leadership here at this church, and I want to share it with you. You see, the key is spending time with the master. That's what we've been doing this past 21 days. The key is spending time with the master. It's taking time in prayer. It's taking time to seek his face. It's taking time to say, God, you're more important even than the food that I would eat. You're more important than what's happening around me. I'm going to focus in on you because the key is spending time with the master. So the first The 21 days, the Lord brought me back to that specific moment that happened in Colorado. And literally, I saw it once again where he said the key is spending time with the master. Think about it. If I had sat down in the couch instead of trying to force my way into the office, trying to figure it out, trying to do it. Come on, anyone ever been there before? Trying to figure out, God, this you got to do this. Like, and we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to get in. We're trying to hack it. We're trying, I mean, I'm shaking the lock as hard as I can. I'm doing whatever I can to get in in my own strength. When all I had to do was just sit down and ask the Lord, God, where's the key? And it was literally a minute's walk out to the parking lot. And I spent an hour. How many things in life have we tried doing on our own? When God's saying, listen, I've already opened it up. Just ask me. The key is spending time with the master. So on the Tuesday, after the first day of the fast, which was that Sunday, we had a time of prayer with the staff and with the board. The staff was in the morning, the board was in the evening. 
It started off with simply this. I put a microphone down here in a stand and we had a podium here and we were praying and it was just instrumental music and the lights were good and we're just praying. We're walking the building. And I said this, when the Lord lays a word on your heart, I want you to come up to the microphone and I want you to speak that word that is for our church body, for our church body. And I said, when you get that, I want you just to speak it into the microphone. And then I was over it right here on the side most of the time and I was drawing the music down with the iPad and then and as that would happen. And then I was writing on my phone what the Lord was speaking to us. And I want to share that with you today. I want to encourage you with this. I'm going to deliver a lot, but it's not me, it's the Lord. This was spoken through multiple people. When I pause inside of there, that means it's a new thought coming from someone else. Not a new thought from the Lord, but a new, new person sharing it. Because I think you're going to see something crazy that happens, is that there's this congruent word that continues to go throughout it through multiple people and not anyone ever knowing what the other person was going to speak. It gets even crazier as we'll go along, and you'll hear that here in a minute. But let me start off. The first word that the Lord delivered to us was this. I am the Lord who fights your battles. You don't have to fight them, for I am fighting for you. You are blameless and innocent, and you must be grounded in that innocent and blameless in Christ. Walk in that truth, and you will not be pulled in the wrong directions. For I am in the busy. I am there in the silence, I am there. In the confusion, I am there. In the pain, I am there. In the rejoicing, I am there. In the provision, I am there. I am there. In all that you will face and all that you have faced, I am there. I am your comforter, your guide. I am your peace. I am your healer. I am in all that you'll do. And you are a part of a royal priesthood. And you are a part of a royal family. I am there in the midst of your dreams. I am there in the midst of your failures. I am with you. My love is not based on performance, but it has been freely given. I am with you. So do not fear, for I am there. Just walk, for I am there. Just take a step, for I am there. Just trust in me, for I am there. Romans 5, 5 through 8. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, for the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for the righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know my love? You don't have to earn it. You don't have to jockey for it. Just open up and receive it. Receive it like a child who crawls up on his, the father's lap. He loves you. God loves you. He is proud of you. He longs to be with you. He can ask you just to come and rest in his arms. Just crawl up for a while. Just spend some time with him. For he says, I love you. You don't have to earn that love, for I have freely given that love. Just receive it. Just crawl up in my lap, for I love you. So be vulnerable. Come in close. For I am closer than a brother. The intimacy I desire with you comes from a place of relationship, of knowing, and of trust. So come in close, spend some time with me, share that intimacy with one another, but know it will require trust which I give, so get close. Fresh, breath of fresh air, like fresh juice in abundant supply every morning. 
I want to do something fresh in you, something new. So let go of what you're carrying. Let go of what you're feeling. Breathe in. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and feel what I feel. Stop feeling the things you're carrying and grab a hold of a fresh breath of air that will allow you to experience my freedom. Fresh breath. Many of those in the Old Testament followed everything to the exact measurements and instructions that the Lord would give. They did exactly as God had commanded, and the key was spending time with the Master. When we spend time with Him, He speaks. He calls out the blueprint specs. He wants us to build specific things. He has a blueprint to what He is calling us to build. The key is spending time with the Master. And that morning after that time of prayer and that moment, we felt encouraged as a staff because we had heard from the Lord. And I knew this, that the word the Lord had spoken to us was not just a word for us individually, but it was a corporate word, a word for us to be encouraged in the midst of the season. That night we gathered for our board meeting in the evening, and it was a unique one because many times we handle some business and relational, but this one is the middle of the fast. We said, you know, let's spend some time in prayer. The environment was set similar to the morning. The music was playing, and we began praying. And I said, when the Lord leads you, just come up and share. As the Lord began to share, we saw that the Lord was doing a congruent word that was following along right with what was happening in the morning, but the board had not even heard it yet. And here it is. The harvest is upon us, and we must act quickly or we'll miss it. Think of the process. The harvest is cut. It's separated, then it's shifted, and then it's milled before it is useful. We are called to bring the harvest in, and we must be fast, for the harvest is upon us. Fast, acronym, faithfulness, available, skilled, teachable. Faithfulness. Scripture verses like 1 Samuel 12, 24, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. Luke 16, 10, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in very little also is dishonest in much. Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Available. Romans 12, 11, do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 1 Peter 4, 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Skilled. Exodus 35, 10, let every skillful man among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. 1 Chronicles 28, 21, Now behold, there are divisions of the priests and Levites, all for the service of the house of God, and every willing man of skill will be with you in all the work of, for all kinds of service. Daniel 6, 3, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit was on him, and the king planned to set him over the entire, whole kingdom. Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with excellence, for there is no activity or planning or knowledge or wisdom and shield where you are going. Teachable, 
Proverbs 13, 18. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. Proverbs 21, or 12, excuse me, 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. 1 Peter 5, 5. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Be attentive to these areas, for the harvest is upon us. Think about Jesus and the fig tree. Mark eleven twelve 12 through 14. On the following day, when they came to Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not in the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard this. It gave the impression it was in full leaf, but yet was producing nothing. The Lord is saying he's not done yet. His heart is breaking for the lost. The Israelites found themselves in captivity and God was not done yet. When Even when David walked in disobedience, God was not done. God's not done with Bethany. God's not done with the U.S. God's not done with our world. God is still working. God is still moving. And his heart breaks for the lost and he wants us to set them free. Trust. Trust. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust them and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding or insight. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Trust me, even when you don't understand, for I will direct you. I will remove the obstacles, but you must trust me with your whole heart. Trust, trust, trust. Submission. There is a washing of the murky water that is going out, and there is a clean water that is coming in, and we must surrender to him and let him fill us up. We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and the Lord weeps over the lost, and he sees the broken around us. May you see how he sees. May you feel what he feels. The tears of a righteous man come through the prayers of that man that allow him to see the lost. So fix your eyes on me, for I am the restorer, and I am your healer. I am enough. You don't have to try and figure it out. Just trust. Walk in obedience. Feel what I feel. Love how I love. Seek truth in the midst of deception. Be my light to a dark and hurting world. You are a city on a hill. Bethany is a place I long to visit. I desire my people. This is my church. This is my heart. You will do even greater things. Your past is your fuel to an even brighter future. Don't live in the past, but look to the future. My heart has not changed. Your methods have changed, but my gospel is truth. I am enough and I will restore and I am looking for those who will listen, those who will trust, those who will follow, those who will take a simple step forward. The provision has always been there. You do not see what I have always done for I provide harvest to the seeds that you plant. So keep planting, keep trusting, keep walking for I am with you and I am enough. And the Lord delivered that word through our board on that Tuesday night. 
The week went by and we continued to pray individually. The next week we prayed individually. And this past week on Tuesday, we gathered the staff together right up here in front. And we had the music playing. And I said, today we're going to do something, what I'm calling a little prayer experiment. And it was real simple. We were going to spend time praying. And we were going to ask the Lord in that prayer time for one word for our church body. When they received that one word, I said, I want you just to text me over that word. And so they, they texted me over, or actually, no, I asked them to give me that word. So I wrote down the words that they gave, that the Lord had given them in prayer. And then I said, we're going to do something unique. I, I believe that God wants to speak to us more than just a word. I believe he actually wants to speak to us a thought that has to do with each one of these words. But instead of having people go back to the Lord on the one word, I said, if we're serving a God who actually speaks to us in various ways, he can use each of us. And so I gave everyone a different word. And I said, I want you to go now and I want you to spend time praying and seeking the Lord. And when he gives you thought to that word, I want you to write it out and I want you to text it to me. And the Lord told me in that moment, he said, I'm going to text this word back to you in the order of which I want it to then be delivered. And here's that word. The first word was the word hidden. Colossians 3, 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Our life is hidden with Christ and God. The idea is that we become enveloped by the Father so that he is on the outside and we are hidden and protected on the inside. He gets the glory and he moves in power and his strength conceals our weakness and we become one with his plan and follow it being in him. We rest from dead works by being in him. We don't have to be afraid of persecution because our real life is hidden safely in him. Rest. The Lord wants us to remember that He created us to require rest. That this was no mistake or a result of fallenness, that rest is good. That He is the God who slept on the boat with the rough waters. That He placed rest in 10 of His most important commandments. That we were never meant to be without meaningful moments of intentional nothingness. God is reminding us that if we do less, he can do more. Rest reminds us that he is in control. Freely. You have thought the cost would be too great, that it was more than you are willing to pay, but you have forgotten, I already got the check. I already paid the price. Freely I have given to you. I am not one who takes what I have freely given. I have plans you know not of. I am laying out a foundation for my plans. So I have freely given the resources needed to complete my plans. One step is what I'm asking you to take. So don't be afraid. Don't question. Just move. Just take action. Just trust. For freely I have given to you. In your moments of doubting, in your moments of searching, I remind you, I am the one who freely called you here. I am the one who knew whom I would use to see a county restored. I have called Pastor Brian here, but his, this vision is not his vision, but my vision. So freely give of yourself to the vision. For I have a long-term plan and have freely given every resource needed. So trust me and freely give of yourself to my bride follow God is saying to follow him in all our ways and he will make 
straight paths. It's me and him. As long as I follow him, it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. It's me and him. I must follow with everything in me as an offering to him. I must follow because I do not know the full route that we are taking. And sometimes he only gives me the next step. I must follow because he is bigger than me. It's me and him. Following him, I will achieve greatness. Not following him, I will only amount to folly. It's me and him. Not side by side, but him in front of me. Me following, giving up control, and simply following. Following is not weakness, but strength. To say I'm better surrendering myself, it's me and him. Following means I'm focused on his steps as a child, walking in his father's footsteps. It's me and him. Renewal. Prepare for me to do a new thing. I am here laying out your new wineskins. Leave the old behind for I am doing a new thing. Like a fresh spring of water. I am cleansing your body and your soul. Experience an awakening into my presence. For I am doing a new thing. Be refreshed and renewed. Release. Let go of control and allow me to be in control. Release your cares to my care. There is freedom and a fresh look when you let go and let God. I'm going to give you a release to a new thing in your midst. I, the Lord, am releasing, which requires an embracing. Otherwise, there is nothing to receive. To release means there's an opening up to whatever is being released. For my release involves unlimited opportunities. I am releasing my unlimited resources in these last days in order for you to stand as an overcomer. So I'm asking you to release, to give, to impart, to make available, to pass on, to transfer, to open up. Listen. Listen to me. Listen and pay close attention to me, Isaiah 28, 23. Go yourself and listen to what the Lord our God says and then come and tell us everything he tells you and we will listen and obey, Deuteronomy 5, 27. Listen to my commands. Listen to my people. Really listen. Take notice. Be intentional. Love. Listen for my voice. Get quiet and really listen. Listen to not only what I am speaking to you but what I am speaking to you through others. Ask questions. Find the buried treasures, the gold. Seek and you will find. Capture your thoughts. Be present in the moment. Take the time. Get still enough to really listen. Wonder. Never lose it. I will supply all of your needs. Just listen to my voice. People's stories matter. Remove pride. Trust and obey. And I will take care of you. Confidence in me. Standing firm on my truth. For there is a resting in releasing healing the natural and the supernatural require faith and faith comes by hearing healing doesn't require faith but faith does require healing you can live without healing but you can't live without faith i've never or i've seen people live without healing but i've never seen people live without faith faith places a demand on healing jesus healed the blind man because of his faith he said it's your faith that made you whole faith comes by hearing so what are you hearing are you hearing well done if not let me whisper it to you well done my good my good my good and faithful servant 
A mustard seed of faith is what moves mountains. You want Lenaway healed? Have faith. You want your marriage healed? Have faith. You want your finances healed? Have faith. You want your daughter healed? Have faith. You want your son healed? Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Before you can have healing, you must first have faith. So what is faith? Well, it comes by hearing. Hearing what? What are you hearing? Examining closely what you're hearing. Hearing the word of God, the words that God speaks. See what I have to say. Hebrews 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And then they continue to list all of it. I'm not going to read it all, but it's the heroes of faith. It's talking about all these incredible men and women of faith who lived out their faith. Picking back up, though, at verse 32, it says, How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped the death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from the death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at. Their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats and destitute and oppressed and mistreated. And they were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. And all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. And I remember after that time of prayer, and the Lord speaking that to my heart, being taken back by how encouraging the word this past 21 days has been to you and to me. I've always asked God, why Bethany and why Adrian? Bethany and Adrian would not have been my first choice. My first choice was Denver. God opened that door, I thought, and then closed it. I don't say that to disrespect Adrian, but there's just, I mean, mountains, Denver, restaurants in every corner, Beauty, cornfields, a few restaurants that aren't even open right now. (laughs) Hey, Marshalls. (laughs) But honestly, I just, I wouldn't have considered. But the Lord had been speaking to my heart and putting us in a place of posture because what is God always asking us to do? He's always asking us to trust him with just taking the next step. Listen, maybe right now you're watching, you're online right now, and you're questioning, you've been wondering, you've been pondering. Maybe you're here in the house today, you've been questioning and wondering and pondering. You're kind of like, I just don't know. I don't know what, what's happening here. It's, it's kind of painful, and it, this COVID season, man, I don't even know about the church. Man, I've heard this, and there's been transition with staff, and that's been weird, and all these things happening. I just don't know. I don't know if that's where I'm supposed to be. What my prayer is, is today is that this word that God spoke to us through multiple people of our leadership here. This isn't me. This wasn't me. 
This was God speaking through multiple people on our staff. Why? Because I believe God wants to do something amazing in this church. And here's what the Lord keeps telling me. In Adrian, Michigan, no one gets the credit but me. No one gets the credit. It's not because Adrian's the fastest growing city in the world. It's not because Adrian has all these cool things and people are flocking there and there's growth and there's city, all that. No, but I believe what God wants to do is exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever imagine. Why in 2020 did God give us over a $3 million building in the midst of Clinton? Why? Because he wants to use Bethany to reach that community. And I know people are like, well, Pastor Brian, we don't even know what's happening with it. I know, because what we're doing is we're just taking the next step. And I believe as we're faithful in this 21 days that God is going to show us what those next steps are for that. And I believe that it's exciting and we get to look at that and go, man, what in the world is God doing? Yes, we get to be a part of a story that will be told from generation to generation. People will look back at this year and they will say, do you remember in 2020 when Bethany, should the Lord tarry, when Bethany actually received a gift of over $3 million? Do you remember how that moment changed everything? But it was in the midst of crazy season of COVID and staff transitions and people leaving and all these things. Why? I believe there is an outflow of some murky water and there's an inflow of some new clean water. And listen, I'm not saying that's people. I'm just saying it's, there's a murky water that's leaving. There's spirits and there is like judgment and there is people's mindsets that God's saying, I got to remove this because I got something fresh that's coming in. And in that freshness, I believe what he wants to do is pour his spirit out. And it comes when we, his people, listen to what he's saying. So do you hear him? We're going to close with a song. And first gathering, I, I was asking people, why don't you talk with the Lord and just, just kind of talk to him and see what he may be saying. But I want to say this. I believe that it's going to be through process later on this afternoon. While you're still in a moments of prayer and fasting, I want you to process through this later this afternoon. What is God speaking to you? I believe he's going to line some things up. I believe, I believe he has a word for college students. You're sitting here going, Adrian, Adrian College or Siena Heights or whatever, and you're, you're literally like, I don't know why God called me here. I believe maybe God called you here for this. I know you have an education that you're going to get, but what if God was actually calling you for such a time as this because he wanted to use you, train you in this season to then send you out? What if God wanted to do something in and through that? I believe that with all my heart, that Bethany is a sending center. We're not a keeping center, we're a sending center. And so guess what? Sometimes people leave. And guess what? We send them with our blessings. We send them in those moments because we say, hey, you know, if they're not a part of the season right now, that's okay. We're going to trust God in this. So as this song is playing, I want you just to think about these words. And and what you're going to see is you're going to see this. You're going to see the lyrics on the screen. And then behind it, you're going to see kind of back set the names of Jesus. And then you're going to see the worship unfolding behind you. And as it's happening, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the beauty of who God is, and I want you just to get lost. And you may want to close your eyes different moments. You may want to stand to your feet and worship. You may want to just sit there and just soak it in. But I want you just to take in what I believe the Lord is kind of putting a cherry on the top. And he's asking for us to come and behold him. He's asking for us to take in the beauty and the majesty of who he is. This word that he spoke to us is a powerful word. So close your eyes for just a second. Father, I pray that in these next few moments that you would take us somewhere. Take us to a place of meeting with you, with your presence speaking to us. In 
In Jesus' name, amen. and be 
God, right now, we come before you this morning. God, we're captivated by your beauty. God, we're captivated that you would choose us. And God, through simple instruction of us just taking one step closer, God, we could experience an outpouring of your spirit like never before. 
God, I believe that you want to do something new and something fresh inside of each and every one of us. And God, I believe that it starts today. It's a moment like this, a line drawn in the sand today. I'm saying at the end of this 21 days, I am going to choose to follow after God with my whole heart. I'm going to choose to put him first in my marriage. I'm going to choose to put him first in my life, in my health, in my finances. And God, I pray that today, today would be that defining moment for Bethany Assembly, that we would look back to the first part of 2021 and we would say, it doesn't matter where we've been. God, we see where you're taking us. And I pray, God, that faith would begin to rise in your people, your church, this local church body. God, you are not done with Bethany. You are not done with us. No, God, I believe that you desire to reach your people, to reach your sons and your daughters. And God, that you are clarifying our identity. And you are saying, my identity is found in you. Your identity as a son and daughter is not based upon the things that you do or the accomplishments that you will make, but it is found simply in being my son, being my daughter, being a part of my family and I choose you I choose you I want to work through you I have things that you know not of that I desire to do in you and through you and I am speaking to you today and I am calling out of you the greatness that I've stored inside of you the resources that I've already equipped you with I have given you everything you need all you have to do is walk all you have to do is take another step for I desire to pour my spirit out upon your marriage and I desire to pour my spirit out upon this city and I desire to pour my spirit out upon this church body and I desire to pour my spirit out upon your family and I desire to pour my spirit out upon this nation and upon this world for I am not dead but I am alive. I am not dead in a grave, but I am alive. And I desire relationship with you. I desire relationship with you. So will you come? Will you come and spend time with me? Will you come and dwell in my presence? Will you come and behold the beauty of who I am? Will you see me in the simple? Will you see me in the small? Will you see me in the midst of your daily life? Will you see me working in your health? Will you see me working in your mind? I have called you not to be depressed, not to be sad, but I have called you to be confident. I have called you to have joy. I have called you to a place of peace. So walk in it. Walk in my authority. Walk in my confidence. My word has been given to you so that when you are lost, so that when you are questioning, so that when you are doubting, you can turn back to my word and you can see how I have already done and what I have already done. I have given you freedom. So walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it. Walk in it. And if you will trust me, I will pour my spirit out upon you, says the Lord. I will do even greater things than you ever imagined. And I want to use you. You are my church. I am alive. I am alive. I am alive, says the Lord. Come on, let's give a big shout of praise across this room. Come on now. Jesus, we love you. 
We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. Come on now, you can do better than that. Come on, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, we love you. We love you, Jesus. God, we love you. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, God. God, use us, we say. Come on, if you want to be used by the Lord, just put your hands up right now towards them. Come on, just lift them up in the air. Come on, just just say this with me. Say, God, use me. Come on, say, God, use me. Use my talents. Use my resources. Use me. Help me to share my faith, to share my story. God, do in me what you would want to do. Remove from me anything that is not of you. I thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. I want to encourage you with that word today. And I know some of you are like, man, I I wish I had that word written out. We're actually going to take that word. We're going to write it out into a note. We'll post it on our social channels. We'll figure out how to get some of that out to you. Maybe we'll even send an email, Amanda, out this uh, today here later. Because I know some of you are like, man, I want to I chew on that. That's what a lot of people at first gathering said. They're like, I just, there was so much in there that the Lord was speaking. I know. I know. And I apologize. I know we've gone a little bit, whoa, a lot later. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, thank you for coming out. Aren't you glad you came out today on this snowy day? I'm telling you, you need, to, you need to tell your friends, family, be like, man, I'll tell you, that, that message was straight fire. And here's the thing I love so much about it. It wasn't me. It was what God spoke in and through this. Didn't our worship team just do a great job today as well? Man, thank you, Pastor Eric, Amy. Man, I know Mark's not back here, but Landon, man, just phenomenal job setting the stage. Man, you better go pick up your kids because Pastor Zach's going to kill me. And uh, I love you all. You guys have a great week. We'll see you guys next week. Football Sunday. You're not going to want to miss it. Invite a friend. That's your opportunity. I'm telling you, it's going to be on point next week. Football Sunday. Love you guys. Peace out.